Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. Continuing on, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to uh, want to hit us up, please feel free to go ahead and do so. I want to remind you, we are here in La Crosse. We're at WKTY Studios today. Tonight, we're going to be at Flipside Pub and Grill, 6 to 8 tonight for the Bill Michaels Huddle uh, before we uh, then get out of town and head back towards uh, back towards the Milwaukee area later this evening. But uh, but thanks to everybody for coming out tonight and the interest in it. So uh, it's the encore performance this evening. Really looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, I want to go back into no, I you know Steve and Jay. I you know he no, I don't want to continue the Aaron Rodgers saga because it's like no, nah, we've already spent too much time on it today. But it is of interest that he's no longer with the Pat McAfee show at least uh, the remainder of this season. But I want to go back into Matt Lafleur and uh, and you know. The midpoint of the season, really two thirds of the way through the season, we were questioning the play calling. We were questioning the, you know, the the tight grip that he had on Joe Barry as the defensive coordinator. Uh, hell, there were even people questioning, myself included, um, whether or not there was going to be any kind of development out of Jordan Love. And then all of a sudden, the switch flipped, and you go back to that Pittsburgh game, and things started to really kind of culminate. And then they get the win over the Chargers. They lost in ugly fashion to uh, Tommy DeVito and the New York Giants. They lost in terrible fashion to Baker Mayfield and company at Lambeau Field and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But then they then they went three straight. They went out to put themselves in the postseason. And they do it kind of as it <coughs> excuse me, as it appeared like maybe the team was starting to crack a little bit. You had Devondre Campbell, his texts Rasul Douglas gets traded. You know, Devondre Campbell's wife comes out and sends out a, a, a not a text, but a, a tweet uh, about the Susan can't, the season can't get over soon enough. And then you've obviously got, um, you know, what went on with Jair. And you're thinking, man, is this thing starting to, you know, kind of implode? And then they come back and they win. And it's, you know, the winning is the ultimate deodorant. I've always said that. But the way they did it and with the enthusiasm they did it, there was never anybody pointing fingers. It was just, you know, it seemed like guys were frustrated, but it seems like Matt was able to put the train back on the tracks. And there's something to be said for that. So give me your assessment. I w- give me your assessment of what you think of Matt LaFleur. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, um, by all means, I, I would love to hear your uh, your assessment of, of Matt LaFleur and the way the season has gone. I really, I, I would really love to hear it. This one's from Mike, and Mike says, I, I would give Matt LaFleur a B. He impressed me. The season seemed to be spinning out of control, and all of a sudden, uh, comma, in some way, shape, or form, he has then got his team to the postseason. If he can win this game against Mike McCarthy, it would be a huge feather in his cap. However, if this team gets beat in the same fashion we've seen throughout the season, all the vitriol is going to come back tenfold because now it's the postseason. Uh, I think he's done a fine job, and I think he has certainly helped, had a hand in helping develop Jordan Love. I just don't know what to make of Matt LaFleur as a head coach. I, I think he's a good head coach. I. It was funny. I was. Uh, I had a friend of mine that had said to me, 
Uh, and a friend of mine works for a company. They did uh, they did like a walkthrough or something like that one time at Lambeau Field, and they met Matt Lafleur. And his words to me were, he he wasn't impressive. He was like almost juvenile. He was like wasn't impressive. But th- and he, he even said, I don't know how grown ass you know these hardcore dudes follow that guy. But he's obviously done something right, right? To, to get them to where they're at? Did they win because of or in spite of? But I think if you look at where this team was two-thirds of the way through the season and where they're at now, what changed? I think the openness of both playbooks is what changed. I think they... You know, when, when Matt LaFleur started talking about Jordan Love, he's just got to let it go. He's got to r- let it rip or whatever his comment was. I think that was it. I think Matt LaFleur changed the play calling to, quote, let it rip. I think over the last couple of weeks, Joe Barry opened the playbook more to just let it rip. I, and I've said it all along. If you're going to go down, go down swinging, man. Go down with your best stuff. Don't go down playing conservative, trying not to lose. Go down, just grip it and rip it. And I think that's what they did which I don't know if that's in their nature or not in their nature, but they did it. And you have to give them credit for that where I have been extremely critical. I'm now giving them credit. Am I saying that, look, this is going to be a great relationship from for here in the next five to seven years and the future is bright. No, I'm just simply saying that for my criticism being so healthy and heavy earlier this season, you got to give the same amount of praise and gratitude for what they've been able to accomplish just to get to this point. I think it's fair. 877-867-1670. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Let's go to Ross listening to us in Wausau. Ross, how you doing today, man? Good. How are you, Bill? I'm doing great today. How much snow did you get there? We only got like two inches at the most where I'm at, so it was pretty okay. meager. Okay. Yeah, you guys need yeah, it up there, I, man. They need it up there in Rib Mountain. They gotta they gotta start skiing up there. I mean they're skiing, but it's all that man made garbage, you know? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So what do you think? Um, I'm just a little confused sometimes about like the analysis about the whole Packers season. I was, you know, I was at that Kansas City Packers game, and that whole game was electric. Like they played so amazing. You know, I thought they were just going to take off from there, and after that, I was like, they're going to win the rest of their games. Like they could win this division, and then they go and play the Giants and the Buccaneers and look terrible against those teams and then look bad against the Panthers and get healthy against the fourth string quarterback in Minnesota and the perpetually terrible, you know, bears. So my question is like, was it a fluke? How good they played against the the lions and the chiefs and, you know, or are they just good against bad teams? Like, is it one or the other or, you know, because how can you look so good against two teams, two games in a row, and then look equally bad against the Giants team? The Cowboys outscored by seventy-nine points this year. Mm-hmm. You know, you know the Cowboys beat the Giants forty-nine to seventeen in right. New York. So which team is it? You know, like, and my thing with the defense is, you know, they've been blitzing more, but you can do that when you're playing bad quarterbacks, when you're playing a fourth-string quarterback, when they're not picking you apart. You can be more aggressive. 
And, you know, that's just not going to happen against the Cowboys. And I think, in my opinion, I think Joe Barry's going to get afraid. He's going to blitz maybe for like the first quarter. The Cowboys are going to pick him apart, and he's going to go back to his same, you know, two-man over the top, don't give up anything too big. And I think Jordan Love is going to play well, but I just don't see the defense being able to keep up with that Dallas offense. That's a good point. I mean, on one hand, you give them credit because they took advantage of bad quarterbacks. On the other hand, you wonder, like you said, if they're going to continue to do that against Dak Prescott. You know, you, the, the old adage is you keep doing it until they beat you, and once they beat you, you have to overcome and adapt. But, you know, I hope they play aggressive against Dak because Dak has been prone in the postseason to kind of give it up. So you'll see which, you know, Dak Prescott shows up. But uh, – that's a good analysis. I, 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 I mean, I've kind of thought of it that way, but I, I guess I can't fault them for doing what's right against lesser teams. But I agree which which version of the Green Bay Packers would really show up. I appreciate the phone call, Ross. Thanks so much. I, to say to lose to a team like – now, you know, the old adage is any given Sunday, and the reason it's a cliche is because it happens so often. We know that, but – the version that played non-aggressive against Tommy DeVito and basically had their sights set on stopping Saquon Barkley and didn't look in any other direction, didn't look at DeVito getting outside the pocket, didn't look at him running the football with you know whatever physical attributes he has and brings to the table as a quarterback. It was almost like they just turned a blind eye to a guy that they just didn't have any belief in, and he burned you. And you let him burn you. Baker Mayfield, they didn't get in his face very often, that's for damn sure, and he just chewed him up. And whether it was that soft zone coverage, and they have played more man over the last few weeks specifically, but that's, again, going back to the fact that you're not playing these great quarterbacks. That's that's a really good point. So you don't he, he does because he doesn't give Matt Lafleur a lot of credit. He's like, look, they they had opportunities to beat bad quarterbacks and they didn't just chose not to do it. So and I one hundred percent agree. They they played lackluster football against lesser you know inferior opponents or lesser opponents. So it's a really good point. Uh, let's go to Lauren listening to us in Barocca. Lauren, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Not too bad. Actually, I'm down in Madison walking up to the Capitol. I met okay. you when you got the key of Barocqua. I'm actually a state representative. I actually spoke oh, that day. Oh, okay. Yeah, how you been? So, not too bad. Uh, weather a lot, uh, drive was a lot better today than it was yesterday, so. Yeah. So, um, I don't have a lot of time here. I won't take much of your time. I thought the biggest change of the Packers season is the offensive line. You look at the two and five start. After that, they started protecting uh, Love a lot better, and I think that turned around the season. On the offensive side, they still have some issues on the defensive side. Well, that's a good point because that when they started doing the, the competition thing where they were mixing and matching and, and bringing guys in fresh, and you know certainly uh, Rasheed Wa- uh, Walker ended up uh, kind of solidifying himself on that left side of the offensive line, and Zach Tom certainly played staunch on the right side. And it, when they got settled, I agree. Uh, and also – 
you know, specifically over the last few weeks, too, when you get uh, Aaron Jones back, it makes everything just become like, – he's like the straw that stirs the drink. It just starts to flow a lot better when you got a semblance of a run game. Although I will say A.J. Dillon ran hard and ran well before he ended up busting up his thumb. He was running the ball but pretty well, too. But you're right. It's in the trenches is where it all got going. Right. And Dillon does not have that explosiveness as Jones. Definitely the last no. three games with Jones. I think uh, with the, uh, um, the play-action pass, the motion – I think they can compete offensively with anyone. It's the, big, the biggest thing is the defense as far as that goes. Yep. No, I, I agree with you, man. Appreciate the phone call. And uh, thanks for doing what yep. you do for us down there in Madison. No problem. Man. Appreciate it, bud. That was our buddy Lauren in Viroqua. Uh, let's go to Todd. Todd's out on the road driving around now as well. Todd, how you doing today, man? What's up? Hey, I'm doing great, Bill. Great show as always. You know, as a leader in business, you know, you're always trying to find your identity with the people that are under you, right? You know, and I think Matt LaFleur, young coach, you know, I, I was on the bandwagon for a little while. I was like, you know, maybe we need to make a change. But, you know, I've seen him kind of grow as a leader. And I think he's searching for his identity a little bit as a head coach. You know, and I, and I think that Sometimes it, it gets in front of them. You know, we, we've seen some good changes. We've seen some positive things here at the end of the season. Uh, you know, but, you know whether Joe Barry or not is gone, you know, I think that's going to be a telltale sign of his development as a leader, you know, looking at the whole picture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's really, I think, come into his own a little bit you know he was in the shadow of Aaron Rodgers that that season now he's got to make this team his own Aaron Rodgers isn't here anymore and you know I just think that there's some positive things to take away but I think it remains to be seen is can he you know win the big games you know again the you know the 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 lack of I was at the game Sunday you know watching that debacle before the half and you know, not getting any points. It's like, oh, you know, we got some growth here yet that needs to happen. Yeah. And so I, I'd be interested in your thoughts, you know, on that, you know, as a leader. And, and I think it remains to be seen, you know. No, I appreciate it. I, I, I look at the end of that first half, and, uh, you know, like Matt LaFleur stated, it's, it's first of all, um, probably should have just sent the field goal unit out there. So him as a head coach admitting that he should have just sent the field goal unit out and uh, put the points on the board and got out of there, that's fine. Uh, oh, by the way, breaking news. Pete Carroll out as the head coach at Seattle. Was that a firing, Grant? Well, the the wording always matters with this. Schefter broke the story, and he says Pete Carroll's expected to be out as head coach, per sources. He could still remain in the organization, but not as the head coach. Interesting. So I don't know exactly what to – typically you don't – insiders and reporters don't just say that. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, this guy is out as the coach. He could hang around. Normally, that's not part of the reporting. So that, I don't know. That's interesting to me. Wow. Um, I didn't see that coming. There's always one surprise, and I that that's probably it. I didn't see that coming. That's for sure. But uh, Pete Carroll out as the head coach in Seattle. It could have meant, like, either Pete's tired and wants to take time or they're thinking, hey, Pete, it's kind of passing you by. We want to go, you know, with uh, with somebody else. Um, you know, we want you to hang around, though. We want to offer you a job to stay. All right? But but regardless, it's 
Pete Carroll out as the head coach of the Seattle uh, Seattle Seahawks. So, wow. Pete Carroll also said, um, I don't know if it was the press conference right after the last game or if it was the Monday after, but he said he expected to be back. This isn't something right. that Pete Carroll, like, maybe postulated and threw, oh, maybe we'll see. Like, he sounded like he was planning to be back. So this seems like right. a, a departure from that. Yeah. That's, man, that's... Uh... That's 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 interesting. Didn't see that coming. Is that an attractive job? First thought. What do you think? Um, you still got to figure out. I mean, I know that they're all you know all Geno Smith all the time because of what he did last season. But he did not have a great season this year. He didn't uh, you know duplicate what he did last season or expound upon it. It was it was not as good this year. And whether or not Pete's getting the blame for that, or there's other reasoning, or. Maybe Pete, they wanted him to let go of certain personnel, and he didn't want to. Um, I, you know, I I don't know, but that's uh, I I got I, I got to say I'm I'm surprised at that news. I'm surprised at that news. I mean, there's always something that goes on behind the scenes, but I'm surprised at that news that Pete Carroll's out. He's been a really good coach at different yeah. levels for a long time. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know what the motivation is for John Snyder, who's a Packers guy who runs the Seahawks, a Ted Thompson guy. I, I wonder right. what their next step or what their thinking is here. Yeah, that's uh, man, that's crazy. Uh, let's do this. Uh, run a little bit late. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back and get back into this. But a lot of discussion. I want to get your thoughts on, uh, on, on you know, Matt LaFleur and uh, the season. Uh, and we'll kind of go from there. Stay tuned. We've got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up. We are live here in La Crosse. We'll be back right Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Today, we've got all kinds of news. One is that uh, you've got Luke Getze, some of the offensive uh, coaches, out in Chicago. Matt Eberflus keeping his job. We all know Vrabel out in Tennessee. Ron Rivera's out in Washington. Aaron Rodgers out at ESPN. Uh, cut loose by the Pat McAfee show for the remaining uh, you know, three or four shows that he was scheduled to do through the month of uh, February. And uh, then uh, you just get uh, Pete Carroll now out as the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, They're leaving it open possibly for him to move up into the front office or to do something else. It's always the, quote, consultant's job. But that is out there now. So we've had uh, little bits and pieces of breaking news all day long and a lot of stuff to talk about. And uh, which we'll get into again tonight. Coming up tonight, don't forget, we are here in La Crosse at the WKTY Studios and tonight we're going to be at Flipside Pub and Grill and really looking forward to it for a couple of reasons. One is just because it's the encore performance. Uh, we were asked to come back out because they had such a good time the first time. We figured we'd do it again. And uh, so we're going to be there this evening. Mike Clemens going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Mike uh, is up in Green Bay. And we will have for you Matt LaFleur's press conference today. We'll hear from Matt and uh, Mike. And then we're going to make our picks and such. And we're really going to break down all the playoff games that are upcoming, so we've got all of that coming up a little bit later on this evening. But uh, we've got, man, just so much to discuss with coaching, 
discussions going on and who may or may not go to wherever. You've got still, you're waiting for the white papal smoke to come out of uh, Robert Kraft's office up in New England because they're still figuring out what they want to do and what direction they want to go with Bill Belichick. And, you know, there's talks about Vrabel going to New England, and then if Vrabel goes to New England, then where is Jim Harbaugh going to go? And if Harbaugh decides to come to Chicago or out to L.A., out to the Chargers, Chargers looking for a head coach. They haven't solidified Antonio Pierce in Las Vegas as the head coach, whether or not he's going to stay or he's going to end up getting ousted as well. And through all of this, the discussion is the Packers heading to Dallas to take on the former Packers head coach Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott and company down in Jerry World. And what happens if the Packers should by chance shock the world? you got to assume at that point that Mike's out because Jerry didn't give him a vote of confidence to say, oh, no, Mike's our guy. He's staying regardless because Jerry just said it's a, it's a week-to-week, game-to-game thing, which is exactly what basically Matt LaFleur said about his defensive coordinator, Joe Barry. So you've got to assume at the end of the season Joe Barry's going to be gone as well. So there's a lot of stuff that uh, we've been unpacking as we're moving into what is now the offseason of the NFL season, which is fantastic for us, but it's like almost rapid fire. It's like save some of this stuff so we can deal with it, you know, one one thing per day, please. And in the meantime, uh, we're sitting here talking about the job that Matt LaFleur did. I I thought this was uh, rather interesting. Uh, This is from David. David says, I don't give Matt LaFleur an A. I don't give him an F. I put him at a C. I think he did a decent job late in the season, but early this season, was a pathetic job. He put all his eggs in one basket, and that was beating the Bears. After that, it was like he forgot how to call uh, a game plan. Uh, Jordan Love didn't look like he was going to progress. As a matter of fact, he looked like a bust at one point. Do I recall uh, on ESPN? Yes, uh, and it was Dan Orlovsky. Someone saying that he was the most disappointing player at the midpoint of the season. Yes, Dan Orlovsky is the one that said that. As a matter of fact, we talked about that at one point. Uh, to all of a sudden turn it around, the play calling opens up, the defense begins to play aggressive. It's been like a light switch went on somewhere inside the walls of 1265, as you say. Uh, please explain to me your thoughts on Matt LaFleur being a good head coach. I think he's milk toasted best. The crying Jags have gotten old, and the fact that when he wins, he's, he, acts, he seems to act like a tough guy, but when he loses, uh, it's always a communication issue. Uh, I hear the same things over and over again. I don't know if he's the next man for the job. Um, or if next year should be another guy in his seat. Uh, appreciate the email. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go that far. That's pretty harsh. But early on this season, I, I can't argue with it. Because just reading what you said, where they put all their eggs in one basket, uh, looking at the Bears of the first game of the season, that – that's true. They played uh, a, a really well-executed game. Um, but beyond that, yeah, you're right. Um, but but don't you give him credit? You, you can either say, okay, you're the one that put yourself in that position – for you to dig out of. So, and you're right, but do you then give him the credit for having the character and the ability to rally it all back together, wrap his arms back around the organization, not allowing it to splinter apart, and then to rise them, you know, to, to raise them up above submediocrity? You know? 
I would rather have a guy that fails and figures out how to get better because of failure than a guy that fails and looks like a deer in the headlight or a guy that only knows how to be a front runner. Does that make sense? Has Matt LaFleur coached his best best year? I think Matt LaFleur did an incredible job his first year. I I think that was Matt. Matt, That was Matt at his best because he had to massage the ego of the quarterback and come in and make friends, and the quarterback was newly energized because there was a coaching change, and that was just – that was like, let's play football, and that's what they did. And I think Matt adapted this year and was able to keep things from blowing up. I think there's something to be said for that. Look, is he the best coach out there? No, of course not. You know? I think there's a lot of good coaches, a lot of guys that know a lot about football that have a way to teach and educate and and raise the level of play. I, I think there's a lot of good coaches, whether they're assistants or head coaches. But I think for this circumstance and for what he did, you have to, and again, you can't just point the finger at the negative and say, well, there, I told you so. Because when he does something well, then what? It either makes you a hypocrite or it makes you unwilling to recognize there are positives there as well. It just can't all suck. And again, it's on the plus side of the record. He's only had one losing season in Green Bay. What was the record last year? Grant, were they nine and eight last year, and they just missed out on the postseason? Eight and nine, I think. Eight and nine. That's so what the, thought, okay. the difference last year and this year was the last game of the season, quite right. literally. So he's only had the one losing season in Green Bay. And winning gambler says he's never won the biggest games as he has coached. Wrong. You're wrong. You're absolutely dead nuts wrong, and that is a, you hate Matt Lafleur. Just admit it. But that's 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 a lie. Because the biggest game he's ever coached is his first playoff game, and he won it. The biggest game he ever coached was his second playoff game, and he won it. The biggest game he ever coached was then the third playoff game. They lost the NFC Championship game. Then the next year, the biggest game he ever coached was coming back that next year and winning the next playoff game. And then after that, he lost. And then the biggest game they needed to win this year was the last game of the season, and they won it. You know, you, your biggest game is the is the playoff game you're playing because you don't get to the next game if you don't win this one. Kansas City this year. Beating Detroit in Detroit on Thanksgiving Day was huge. That was a big game. But there's only so many coaches that win Super Bowls. There's only so many coaches that win NFC and AFC championship games. And for you to say that they don't win big games because when they get to that point, that's the big game, and that's all that matters. Well, then, you know, <laughs> then winning the stack of games to put them into the postseason doesn't matter. So, no, you're, you're just say I'm a Matt LaFleur hater, not going not gonna to go there, not going to give him credit, I want somebody else. And just admit your bias and call it beyond that. But don't say he's never won a big game because that makes you look about as stupid as stupid can be. I'd say that Sunday against the Bears is – one of the three or four biggest games of his career, maybe top top five, I guess, at, at the most conservative. I understand there's a couple playoff games, but for this iteration uh, yeah. of this Packers team now, that game was massive, and the offense was flawless. I would say winning his first game as the head coach after the team failed dismally the season before with basically the same amount of guys. Uh, I would say winning his first playoff game was huge. I would say 
winning a second playoff game, coming back the next year and putting together a back-to-back 13-3 and record. I would say, I, I would have to say that going in after having getting dump-trucked by Detroit last year, getting dump-trucked by Detroit earlier this season, and then trying to rally this team not to be embarrassed on national TV, not only to go into Detroit and play a formidable game when all the eyes of the world are upon you, but then to do it and win it in the fashion they did, that was a big game. So <laughs> to say he's never won a big game, that is so far head up your own rear end. I have You have to drop your zipper to be able to see outside. You just have to. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hey, if you got an event coming up this year and you want to book it, and say it's, uh, you know, anywhere from 30 up to 100 people, i got a great spot for you right on the Milwaukee Riverwalk. Beautiful place called Northern Lights Event Venue. Go to northernlightseventvenue.com and see for yourself. You can open up the big garage doors that uh, open up right to the Riverwalk in the summertime and the breezes and all that kind of good stuff. Or close them up and like a night like last night man you watch the snowfall and you have your event down there either way it's awesome whether it's a dinner a rehearsal dinner a business dinner uh maybe a wedding a, a, a small reception photo shoot to business event whatever it is they've got something for everybody they got photo studios upstairs they got backdrops downstairs it's a two-level uh, venue it's it's really cool if you haven't checked it out already check out our friends at northern lights event venue.com that's northern lights event venue com again northern lights event venue.com um let's do this let's do a little buy or sell shall we let's get into that we haven't done it in a while in the world of sports a lot of people say a lot of things oh my god crack i want iguadala but what passes the big unit <laughs> test it's time for buy or sell on the bill oh. michael show oh i love it who did that I did. I've worked on this show, what, four or five months now? Oh, Maybe a little longer. That it's, is awesome. I finally produced a piece of audio. It took a there while. There you go. We, we finally did it. Um, you sent that to Ben Kenny and said, take that, Ben Kenny, didn't you? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Seriously. That's awesome. Um, let's start with a buy or sell relating to uh, open NFL jobs. We have Washington, Carolina, Atlanta, Tennessee, and the Chargers. And now, I don't know where Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. We learned today that Chicago stand put with Eberflus, and we don't yet know what's happening with Belichick. We'll see. The only job opening with a current star quarterback that's a star right now is the Chargers with Justin Herbert. So, Bill, I, I want your take on this. Buy or sell. Coaching candidates should jump at the chance to coach Herbert and the historically bad culture, the cursed history, the lack of a fan base. None of that should matter. No, none of that should matter. I agree with that. I buy that. None of it should matter. First of all, it's one of 32. Uh, Secondly, they're going to pay you a lot of money. And thirdly, think about this. If you win there, I mean, if you can win there, I mean, you you have pieces in place. Uh, Now, we don't know what goes on, you know, below the surface with, say, you know, ownership, meddling, or, 
you know, your scouting department, your general manager, or what have you. But no, I'd, I'd go there in a heartbeat. If I'm if I'm Harbaugh um, with the gig you have in Michigan and and what you have all around you and the the love now you have, I don't know. It'd be kind of hard to leave, but. If they'd offer him the right deal or the right situation, I could see, certainly, I could see him going to San Diego, back out to California. He was at, with Stanford, with San Francisco. I mean, I could see him going back to California and saying, hell yeah, here we come. Plus, you get the facility of SoFi Stadium that you share with the Rams. I'd do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd buy that. Absolutely. I know it's one of 32. That's And we lose that when we talk about these coaching jobs. We forget that it's the NFL. Guys are going to want to coach. I just, I, I wonder, you know, Harbaugh coaches at the big house. And it's his alma mater. And I, I just think he really appreciates that part of the job. And I wonder if, you know, it might be a little underwhelming. You're coaching in front of a crowd that's not the same and a team without a big fan base. And he doesn't have history there. So I I don't know. I wonder. I, I wonder, I guess, about Could the other stuff. you see Harbaugh going to Seattle mm. and going into the division rivaling San Francisco? where he took them to a Super Bowl only to lose to his brother. That would be interesting. And Seattle's interesting because we didn't think there was going to be an NFC West job open. The NFC West right. is winnable. There's not a Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. The, the Niners are great, but there's not a Mahomes that's going to be in your way for the next 10 or 12 right. years. So yep. Seattle all of a sudden become very interesting. Buy or sell. Semi-breaking news retweeted by our friend Paul Charchian. Uh, Vikings GM speaking today, Kwesi Adolfa Mensa. He was asked about Kirk Cousins' future. Said, it's certainly my intention to bring him back here. Those are the words. So, for reference, mm-hmm. Kirk is about to be a free agent. He's coming off an Achilles tear. He's 35. The Vikings have the 11th pick in this upcoming draft. Bill, buy or sell. The Vikings should bring back Kirk Cousins. It'd be the right thing to I do. I buy it. They don't have a quarterback. You just found that out. Didn't matter who you threw out there. They didn't have another quarterback. And we all know it's a quarterback-driven league. If you're going to have any shot of winning in the National Football League, you find yourself a quarterback. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't draft a quarterback, put him behind Kirk Cousins the way the Packers did with Jordan Love, putting him behind Aaron Rodgers and still have success. But I, here's the thing. The Achilles tear, oh, diminishes the value of Kirk Cousins. Then again, Kirk's probably sitting there going, you know what? I tore my Achilles, and you guys were better with me because look at what happened once I went down. Yep. How everything just kind of fell apart. My value stays the same or went up. So – uh, yeah, it just depends on what he's going to want. But I, I'm not going to break the bank for Kirk Cousins, but absolutely, if I'm the Minnesota Vikings, I'm buying that. I'm, I'm not getting to the postseason. I'm not. If Jordan Love's for real, I'm not beating Jordan Love. We know the Lions are good, and we know that the Bears are going to have the first overall pick, and they could possibly get Caleb Williams, another what everybody believes to be a quality quarterback. You better find yourself a quarterback and hang on to a good one in the NFC North, that you're going to find yourself being a doormat for years to come. So, yeah, I can see them bringing him back. I've never seen a quarterback have his stock go up just by doing nothing. Like, Kirk Cousins right? just being the same guy for the last five or six years as Russell Wilson gets old and weird, as Rodgers gets old and weird. Everyone's like, oh, this Kirk guy, he's actually he's pretty chill. We like now this Now, think guy. about this. Whose stock went down in the same circumstance? Aaron Rodgers did. Yeah. And here's the reason why. Because the Jets were dismal without Aaron Rodgers. All, all hope was lost. Everything was done. It was over. It was, oh. it was terrible. The season ended. But Rodgers, a year older, and all his crap, where Kirk Cousins is sitting there quietly just saying, hey, he's banging the drum. He wants to be a, a part of the organization. Loves being a purple people eater kind of guy. Wants to beat up on the Green Bay Packers. He's endeared himself. He's done everything right. Kept his mouth shut. Just went about his business rehabbing. 
Rodgers, been booted now from ESPN, has thrown some of the organization kind of under the bus, still wants his coach and his guy, Nathaniel Hackett there, who everybody else wants out. His guys he brought along weren't worth a crap. And the organization was terrible without him. And there's still people saying, get rid of this clown. Think about it. I mean, he could have said, look what happened without me. You know, I mean, I I can come in and, and like, if he comes in next year and he looks really, really good and plays great and they go to the postseason, all of this is is done. But his value went down. Went down. It's a... It's an important life lesson in giving people a chance to miss you, maybe. Maybe right. that's our maybe that's our lesson. All right, I got one more. I, I don't know that this is going to be a long conversation, but I got one By more. By yourself. I had a friend ask me this last week before the Bears game, and I thought I had an answer. I didn't feel great about the answer. But now after this last weekend, I, I truly don't know where I stand on this. Bill, buy or sell, you would trade Jordan Love straight up for Trevor Lawrence today if it was on the table. Oh. <laughs> God. Let's pretend the contracts and the age. T- take that out of it. Don't even think about the contract okay. and the age. I think it, j- just two quarterbacks. Who at this point would you rather have? I hate to say this. I'd probably take Trevor Lawrence. Still? Okay. And it, 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 two reasons. One is Trevor Lawrence, we know, has got a, he can throw it in the air 70 yards downfield. The other one is that guy's a tough SOB. You look at what he's played through this year. Now, granted, he's been banged up, but that guy's a tough SOB. And I think next year he's only going to be better. And part of the reason is is because then he's now two years removed and with two years of other football under his belt because I think he was really hampered that first year with Urban Meyer. I think he'll be that much better next year. I mean, I I could be wrong, but I also don't believe he had – well, you know, then again – I, I think just talent-wise, he's just a good quarterback. But there's something to be said for, you know, I mean, look, Jordan Love's throwing to a bunch, and I hate, I don't, I'm not being disrespectful here, but to a bunch of nobodies. Bunch of kids. Was no, a bunch of kids that nobody was on the radar, and Jordan Love's getting it done. So, But Trevor Lawrence has been good now the last two years, and so there's more of a, a, of a litmus test there. But if I had to today and go win a game, I'd probably say Trevor Lawrence, but – that's a that's almost an I mean it's basically a coin flip for me at this point for what I, I've seen out of Jordan Love. I said Trevor I, Lawrence. I never would have I never would have said that at the beginning of the season. By the way, right? Right. I would have said Trevor Lawrence hands down. Now it's tough. I said Trevor Lawrence last week, and I was like, I think I have to take Trevor Lawrence. But then we watched what Jordan Love did against the Bears, and Trevor Lawrence yeah. that team just pooped its pants. the The Jags started eight and three, and then they missed the playoffs. And I right. I know that Trevor Lawrence is banged up, but. I think, long story short, we haven't seen maybe what we were hoping we'd see from Trevor Lawrence so far. Absolutely. No, I completely agree with you. Uh, Let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up. Broadcasting live. We are in lacrosse. We'll see you at Flipside Pub and Grill coming up tonight for the Bill Michaels Huddle. Stay tuned. we got more after this. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. segment of the Bill Michael Show a couple of minutes ago before we get out of here. Coming up tonight. Coming up tonight, we are here. We are in lacrosse. And uh, we are going to be uh, 
going to be hanging out tonight from 6 to 8 for the Bill Michaels Huddle. We hope to see you over there. And uh, I, I um, have not uh, have not been in that area today, so I don't know what the roads are like. Somebody asked me if the roads are good. I don't know if you're coming up from someplace else, but the roads here this morning were great. And they didn't get a ton of snow. It wasn't like it was 10 inches or 18 inches or something like that over here. It was 3 to 5 maybe. I, I, I don't know. I don't want to disparage any meteorologist that happens to be out there that maybe reported less or more, but that's about what I saw when I got up this morning. So, uh, not a bad night. So come on over to Flipside Pub and Grill, 6 to 8 tonight, the Bill Michaels Huddle. We're going to be live, and uh, we're going to have Mike Clemens calling in from uh, Green Bay. Uh, Packers have practice today. They're inside, by the way. They're not prepping for the outside elements. They're prepping for uh, Jerry World. And uh, whether or not the Packers can go down there and get a win, we'll have to wait and see. But we're going to talk to Mike tonight. We're going to hear from Matt LaFleur coming up tonight. And uh, we had what a great discussion of stuff today. And uh, we'll see if anything else happens to uh, – Happens to pop during the day. So the breaking news of the day, uh, you've got uh, um, out in Seattle. They're looking for a new head coach, Pete Carroll, out. Uh, reported that he will be let go or remain with the organization in some capacity, but he's out as the head coach. Obviously, you've got uh, you know Aaron Rodgers being let go from the Pat McAfee show for the remainder of the season. Now we'll wait and see what happens um, you know, beyond that, uh, if he ends up coming back next year or not, or if Aaron's going to have some type of response, I don't know. Uh, so that happened. You've got uh, Matt Eberflus being held and retained on as the head coach in Chicago, but Luke Getze, the former quarterbacks coach in Green Bay, out as the offensive coordinator there, and some of the other offensive coaches as well. Still waiting to hear what's going on with Wink Martindale in Detroit or in uh, uh, New York for the Giants. He got into a screaming match with Coach Dable. And uh, the expectation is is that they are working a deal out for him to get out of New York. So we'll wait and see what happens there. So we'll see. We'll see what all goes on. You've still got, uh, you know, a, a coaching vacancy uh, in Washington. you still got one out in San Diego or out in uh, L.A. for the Chargers. Um, you know, there's some talk that they do want to retain the services of Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. I mean, there's just so much going on as the end of the season has culminated. Now we get ready for the Super Wild Card weekend. I'm, I'm, I'm giddy. I'm giddy. Got good stuff. Anything else I missed? Just to follow up on the the Pete Carroll thing, the Seahawks put out a statement. He's going to move into an advisory role, and so he's moving as an advisor. That's what I said. Rappaport, Schefter, all of these insiders that reported the news also included that the Seahawks are interested in Dan Quinn. So it seems like that's their guy. There you go. Maybe a little distraction for Dan Quinn on the Cowboys staff before the Packers game. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Maybe. Probably there not. You go. Maybe. There you go. Could Dan Quinn be off to Seattle? There you have it. All right. That'll do it for us today here at WKTY Studios in La Crosse. We'll see you tonight. Flipside Pub and Grill. The Bill Michaels Huddle then. Until then, have a go. Hoop. <laughs>